On to episode five of the Marketing to Win podcast. I'm Michael Roberts. Today we have a conversation with Benjamin Elias. He's from Active Campaign. Shares a couple of awesome experiences, one around building early success within the parameters you've got to state a case of changing strategy, and then also another experience with how he worked with the product to build um, momentum within marketing conversations and word of mouth. So uh, lots of great lessons. Hope you'll enjoy. Let's go ahead and just you know, set the stage for everybody that's listening on what you do and who for, and then we'll, and then you can kind of um, lay the foreground of like the story and case study that you want to share, the success story, and particularly to help them understand, you know, what, what your role was then, who you were selling to and what you were selling to get the context of that. And then we'll just go straight into the story and I'm sure I'll have questions as we go along. So take it away. Yeah, totally. My name is Benjamin Elias. I'm the director of content marketing at Active Campaign. Active Campaign is a customer experience automation platform that makes it easy for people to automate their businesses across all of the different channels that you can talk to customers across uh, social media ads or uh, email, or uh, it connects to things like your Shopify store, your website, all these different places. And I started at Active Campaign just under three years ago as a individual contributor in content. And in that time, uh, I went from a content writer to a manager of one to a manager of four. And I believe the team today is at 11 um, folks uh, who span a whole bunch of different areas of content marketing. So we uh, could talk about a number of different case studies because the scope of what content means at ActiveCampaign is really not just search optimized blog posts or even blog posts in general in the way that a lot of organizations run their content, but is anything that gets information from one person's head into another person's head. That in the course of our work here has meant uh, blog posts of various types. It's meant involvement in press and social media, community, customer marketing, case studies, uh, building templates in our platform, a whole range of things, video, webinars, uh, any channel, honestly, any channel that you could think of, we have probably been involved in at some point. At the very beginning, when we were focused on scaling traffic and content, I'm going to uh, tell maybe a little bit, uh, one of the questions I get a lot is how do you get buy-in for content or how do you show ROI for content? And I think this sort of illustrates this in a couple of places. My advice there generally is the way that people feel like things get done in an organization is you come in with your plan, you have your deck, you have your data, you have your slides, everything that you need, and you present it to an executive and the executive signs off or says no. And the way that I think things actually tend to work is you build half of something, you set it on fire, and you say, give me some water, right? Let's see what happens. Uh, if you're listening, I would urge you to think about your organization and where do people put the resources? Where does the urgency happen? And uh, you'll maybe notice where there's some smoke. With content at Active Campaign, the way that we started was putting out content, three blog posts per writer per week. Not my preferred way to approach it. Uh, the folks who dictated that strategy have since moved on from Active Campaign and are in other places. Uh, but with that directive as an individual contributor, I thought, okay, I can go in and I can make a big presentation about how we should focus on uh, voice of customer language or build up these case studies or focus on keywords and traffic. 
or within the parameters of what I'm working on, I can just go start doing that. It wound up that I would create every week one long form search optimized post, one shorter post that was optimized for a, a, a keyword where that matched the intent of the search and one post that was like um, maybe medium quality. Um, but after six or so months, we had gone from 8,000 visitors a month, 8,000 organic traffic uh, visitors a month to 20,000 organic visitors a month. And to clarify, this is the process that you were saying that you weren't a fan of, right? That you were... I, yeah, so I didn't, right. I didn't love like three times a week. Like, I don't think that's the right way to approach things. Okay. But given the parameters of that, instead of saying, no, three times a week is bad, let me say, let me get the success out of this that I can, right. and then go into the meeting, go have the conversation. Oh, look, I've actually this whole time been doing this approach within what we've been working on, yeah. and it took us from 8,000 a month to 20,000 a month. What if we did these three other things on top of that? What if instead of having just me, we had someone else to work on this, or we were able to include influencers in our content um, <clears throat> and added more resources to this? That pitch is much easier to say yes to. You don't have to like have conjecture about like, oh, I think we can grow 10% month over month. The numbers are there. We were growing at that rate. It's You can say, look, no, I, I demonstrated that we can do it if we add a resource into this area. Uh, at around nine months, I had one direct report. And six months after that, we added three additional writers. Uh, and then with a team of me and four content writers, we went from about 37,000 monthly organic uh, visitors to the blog to, and that's in June of 2019, to in November of 2019, 119,000. Yeah, uh, we were able to scale up pretty quickly. But I think the lesson there in how do you get buy-in, how do you get things done was less about, like, I don't... Sometimes people ask like very tactical questions and there are details and tactics that we could go into. Uh, I think lots of other people have covered those in great depth and um, some in better depth than I would cover them. Um, but I think a lot of it is how do you get that buy-in initially to get the resources to actually execute on those tactics and taking the parameters of what I had, three posts uh, a week, executing, um, within that and then making the case, look, this is already working. You would be a hero if you just put more resources into it and it would work better. Did you, did you have, so yeah, that's interesting because um, I think in my last organization, especially um, as like a marketing team, I, it, a lot of like the marketing initiatives even too were more determined mm -hmm. sales leadership, mm -hmm. other folks, right? And, and we knew, I mean, we, we would spend, countless meetings right like trying to pitch the idea of content and other things but it would always mm -hmm. be overridden so um a, a couple of things so at that time when you when you began you know kind of massaging a little bit given the guidelines that you had doing what you felt like would work were there other writers in your same position so like were you the only one like in, and you were the only writer or were there other people so that you could kind of compare, like, like there's a more explicit comparison mm -hmm. between the work and results that you were driving and then maybe somebody else on the team. There was one writer there for a few months uh, who wound up leaving not that long into my time at ActiveCampaign. Um, he, I think, wanted to go, he went and did like data analysis. He went back to grad school. Um, but then after that, it was just me. So uh, we had the, uh, I had actually started to like nudge him in that direction also. Of, uh, hey, if we focus on, 
these types of phrases or these topics, we can start to get some better results there. Uh, and that was a sort of a natural partnership because if he was successful, that meant I was successful. If I was successful, then he was successful. Uh, the, the biggest thing that in terms of a comparison was I could look at Google, Google Analytics over the previous year and see a basically flat line. Mm -hmm. And then uh, three months into me starting, it had gone, started to, to trickle up. Six months, it was you know more than double. Um, so that was the, the sort of point of comparison that made it an easier call. Yeah. So was that like something you identified immediately as something you knew, or did you have to spend a few months kind of figuring out that it wasn't like what they were doing wasn't working and that you got some ideas based on, because bit, like the businesses are different, right? So as soon as you like, like I, I went from, uh, I went from a, a consulting uh, training company mm -hmm. over to SAS. So that's a pretty big change, um, especially with like uh, the sales cycle, who we were selling to. I was on like the education side of the house. So we were selling to like principals and district, like superintendents and stuff. Um, so did you spend a lot of time testing uh, some of the stuff to, the make, to make sure like it applied to active campaign or were you like, you essentially when you started, you knew, you knew exactly what it was going to be? Pretty much knew exactly what it was going to be in that context, uh, where like there are things to test and there are things that are always the case. Uh, you know, writing something in a way that Google will understand it is is a sort of fundamental skill that I don't think uh, is all that different across businesses. What you want to target is different across businesses. Um, the like searcher who, and and even if they are searching for the solution is different across businesses. But the mechanics of how you do the optimization is not super different. Uh, I saw that we were not doing a lot of that optimization in a way that would be successful and knew that even if this was not going to be the perfect approach to content, and it was not the perfect approach because we've evolved significantly since then, yep. uh, even if it wasn't going to be perfect, it was going to be the next step. Yep. And we saw that next step going from, I mean, you go from 8,000 to 119,000, uh, you slap some conversion on top of that. I say that lackadaisically, but at that scale, your rate doesn't even need to be that good in order to, to be showing positive effects. Um, and, um, yeah, like it, 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 it clearly had an impact pretty quickly. Okay. Review the timeline again with all of that. So I'm like, when you started to, um, I guess when, like the moment you kind of got more buy-in for, you know, yeah. to the next step. Yeah. So the first, uh, when I started, I started in December of 2017, the, we started seeing traffic really pick up in February, March was when we started to see like, okay, there's a clear line going up. February traffic was better than we expected, especially because it's shorter, uh, shorter month. But then March is like much better and April is much, much better. May is, you know, et cetera. Uh, in, I want to say June of 2018 or July of 2018, we started the process of hiring an additional head. It was sort of the next like, okay, this is clearly something where it makes sense to have some resources. Uh, let's get an additional head in here and see what you can do with that. Uh, that person came on in September of 2018. And in February of 2019 is when uh, we put the case forward to like, let's really scale this. We're seeing the good results. Uh, I put at that point, that's when I went in with the big deck, right? Uh, I think some people start with that. Uh, that's when I went with the big deck of like, here's the, this research from, uh, Heaton Shah, or here's this research. Uh, I even mentioned HubSpot and their competitor. So we'll delete out their name. Um, 
uh, but like, here's this research from all these different people from BuzzSumo, from all these places, uh, here are the exact Google patents that we're taking advantage of, um, not advantage that's, that's, uh, you can't game it exactly, but you understand how it works and it makes it a little bit easier. Uh, and I put that all that into a deck. Here's how we're going to use all of that. Here's what the approach is going to be moving forward. Also, we've already done a lot of it. And uh, these have been the results so far. It really takes a lot of the risk out of that. People feel like there's a consistent plan. And when I presented that deck to my boss at the time, he said, sounds like we just need to hire more people. I was like, great, that was my next slide. I haven't even gotten there yet. Uh, so we were able to bring on another three heads. We hired three people uh, in April to May of 2019. And then June to November, we're able to scale aggressively from again, 37-ish K to 119 K. Yeah, that's awesome. How did that, um, you know, how has that evolved to with the trend? Like, as I hear that story, I feel like that had kind of a significant impact on the marketing org structure. Yeah. Right? So like, for example, um, so when you're defining a co your content team, I'm assuming it's probably a combination of writers and designers, maybe, um, or most maybe just writers. So and then how do they play in with the rest of the org that might distribute, mm -hmm. right? Whether that's like a social lead or an email person or whatever, how does that, how does, how did that um, transition go? Yeah, totally. So our org right now is actually a pretty interesting mix. As I mentioned, content has evolved pretty substantially away from just the written content. Uh, so we have uh, a few writers, we've got a video team and someone who runs webinars with us. Our community marketing team and customer marketing is now within content as well. Uh, and automation recipes, which are the other like big project that I would uh, talk about as an, as like the next evolution of this whole approach uh, is sort of the the other big piece. We have a design team that we work with. They're like an in-house resource uh, and a um, our revenue marketing team has the email marketing on them uh, with them and we work with them fairly closely as well to put together our weekly spotlight email and, and get our content out into that. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. So biggest, let's maybe just recap that, like the biggest lessons that you felt like come from that um, I, at least the ones I pull out are a little bit of patience, right? Mm. And, and understanding your circle of influence with where you're at at the moment and making an impact to drive change. And that cover, yeah. what else would you add on? If I had to summarize it, I would say success leads to more success. People want to be associated with things that are successful. So when you can show this is working, one, you get buy-in from your boss because there's less risk involved. They don't have to worry that they're going to justify an expense later because you can already show them that it's working. Two, people at your own level, laterally to yourself, are like, oh, that's working. I should, like, get a piece of that. Like, I sh that's now a channel where I can help promote my things, uh, and you're able to get more resources from around that those other pieces of the organization. Uh, a really nice example of this is the automation recipes that I mentioned earlier, which I think is, like, the, the blog content that I was just talking about is like me running it as a solo person for a little while and then scaling it on its own. Automation recipes is much more across the entire organization and I think is a really nice illustration of the same principles at scale. Yeah, let's, let's dive into that real quickly with a little more detail. Yeah, totally. Um, automation recipes in ActiveCampaign are like pre-made templates. So you can 
import an automation recipe and it it is uh, like pre-built, okay, this is your onboarding automation or this automation notifies your sales team when a deal is qualified or this automation uh, notifies you when a payment failed or something like that. Any step of your customer life cycle, you can really automate uh, with ActiveCampaign. And we have all of these uh, recipes that are pre-built for our customers to use them. This started when we had a small number. We maybe had 50 automation recipes and someone from uh, our support team came over to marketing. They weren't on content yet, but they sat there and they were building recipes, building, building, building until they had built over 200 recipes. Uh, we had 200 automation recipes, no really great place on our website to host them. Um, these are super cool though. Like they make it really easy to get started and uh, you can share them with other users. Our partners love them for that reason. Not a whole lot of promotion behind them. When this person came over into the content team, we were like, huh, there's this huge opportunity if we could get these up on our site with more complete, each recipe with a complete search optimized description where it's easy to click and import it right away. You've got a nice visual there. You could do like a whole big marketing launch around this. It really is like a valid part of the product and it lends itself to the content skill set. You can't really make the case for something like that when you've got 50 recipes, when they're just like sitting in a corner. But over, over the course of like nine months, again, where this guy built up, so we had over 200 and we had 250 at the time of launch and are uh, close to crossing 500. Uh, now, we, um, you can make that case to build that thing. So that's the first step is there's this promising thing happening in a corner. No one's paying too much attention to it yet, but you can, you can show that there's asset there to be used. With that, we take it to uh, leadership and we say, okay, we're gonna redesign our active campaign marketplace. We're gonna have every single recipe on a page. Every, everything has a beautiful image with it. Uh, we, we think it'll increase traffic through these methods and we need these resources from Design Insight to make it happen. We start doing that. We rewrite 250 recipe descriptions, search optimize them. Uh, the, we launch it in a huge campaign in May of 2020 uh, where we really like had every channel running. We had uh, promotion videos, we had press re press releases in our PR agency. We had, um, uh, there were choose your own adventure threads on social media and Twitter, which was like super creative that our uh, social media manager put together. Webinars, like the whole, everything that you could throw at it, we threw at it. And we saw the actual like ROI in increase from traffic leads revenue. But more than that is we saw the entire internal organization, 600 people, now 700, I think, uh, start to get more buy-in for recipes. So previously, if you wanted to import a recipe into your account, it was a little bit hard to do. The import wizard was a little bit wonky, product wasn't focusing in that area. But now there's a big launch, it suddenly becomes much more of a focus. Uh, you have things like our education team when they're onboarding new customers using automation recipes to help them get started. That's not something we had to ask them to do. It's, oh, recipes are successful, so we should probably use them. They're actually cool. You can create that buzz. Uh, just this week, we launched recommendations in the platform. So if you go to your automations page of your account, you can actually see, oh, we recommend these three recipes for you and stay tuned. Um, spoiler alert for the next few weeks, there's a holiday campaign that will involve some recipes also that again was not initiated by the content team. So this is to me like this sort of next evolution of the, 
how do you get buy-in question is we never had to ask for buy-in at all uh, outside of that one thing where it was a no-brainer. Like, of course we should redesign this, this automation's marketplace. We've got 250 recipes that we could highlight there and search optimize 250 different pages and increase the traffic and get the leads from it. But in making that a big launch, it became uh, an undercurrent throughout the company that product is thinking about, that other teams of marketing are thinking about, that success and sales are thinking about, uh, and ultimately gets um, much more uh, resources pointed towards the major campaigns. As you started that, did you have any like pushback or like people from the product side being like, hey, guys, what, what are you doing? Because essentially you're taking a bunch of the product, right? Mm-hmm. And, then, and then and then doing some marketing stuff with it. And because it's interesting because especially in like SaaS, like SaaS companies and well, maybe not just SaaS, but um, some of the times the 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 silo, like you're breaking down the silos, mm-hmm. right? Because then like you guys were essentially functioning as a product and marketing team creating both. So was there like, was there anybody like on the product side saying, hey, don't tread on my stuff? Like, like how did you? Yeah, I think it, it's, it's a little less explicit than that. Um, it would take the form of like, okay, someone takes a little bit longer to get back to you than normal. Um, and we expected that going in of like, okay, we acknowledge that this is marketing influencing product in a way, and that's not usually how that goes. Right. The, the thought was, let's make it this big buzz. Let's make it a thing that everyone is excited about on their own so that we don't have to go to someone to ask about it, but that they see the thing and are like, oh, wow, that is really cool. That is something. They can just import it right away and just get started. There are over, <laughs> almost over 500 of them now. Um, you can share them with other users. Our partners like them because it makes it super easy to get their customers set up. Like, oh, that's actually something. That's cool too because then you're not trying to convince people that your ideas it takes yeah. you out of the equation. Exactly. It's just the it's just it's just the either campaign or the tactic or the whatever. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Awesome. Well, those, I think those are awesome examples. I think a lot of people, I think buy-in is something that um, mm-hmm. I know I've struggled with in my career before. And I think a lot of marketers struggle with, especially once you get outside of just the marketing org and you're dealing with sales or product or whatever. So um, I think there's a lot of awesome lessons there. So uh, appreciate, appreciate you taking the time. I know life is busy, especially when you're creating 500 recipes or a thousand or whatever you guys are going to be doing next. So, um, yeah, any last, any last words? Success leads to more success. Yeah. Okay. Show I people. I use that for the name of, uh, the episode. There you go. So. Okay. <laughs> well, I appreciate you, Benjamin. Hope you stay well and see more success throughout the coming months. Same to you. Okay. Take care, man.